first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Uh, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. <laughs> Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Alright, it is December. We are squarely in the middle of time for getting ready for the Cathala days. Uh, you know, Yule time, Christmas is coming up. Midwinter, Hanukkah's in a couple of days, I think, December 10th. So, like, whatever you do, whatever you celebrate, celebrate it with your friends and family. And uh, thank you for joining the show today. This is a really cool episode for me because I, let's listen back to, I believe it was the Dave Oshry episode. Yes. And I mentioned someone on there called Steve. And I'm sure many of you listening to that were like, who the fuck is Steve? Well, He's one of the coolest people at New Blood. He's just a QA tester, and I think that that's one of the things about making video games that people don't really think about too much. We think about designers. We think about the the CEOs and the the front-facing members of the companies and everything, but behind all that, there are the people who actually make the game playable for you, the people who find all the bugs and point them out and make them fix them. And aside from that, Steve is just a really, really chill dude. He's got a super interesting story, a lot of you know trial and tribulation in his background leading up to him now working at one of the coolest companies in the entire gaming industry, at least in my opinion, and I'm sure in many of yours if you're a fan of this show. So I'm not going to talk for too long this time. I'm just going to go ahead and get right down to business. We're going to play a little track by the great Andrew Holschult. This is from Dusk by New Blood Interactive. So enjoy that, and very shortly, you will be in the keep with Steve. Everything with uh, New Blood's actually, it's actually kind of unique with how it happened. Uh, they opened up the Discord, and you know, start filing, and we all got in there. And it was just, it was. I'd say it's a lot different than pro- uh, probably other people's processes of getting to like where we are now. Originally, we were like the original members in the Discord, and then start expanding. So they needed mods, so we got pulled in as the mod team. And then, like, it was, like, two or three months later, I think Dave came to us and was like, hey, y'all want to do QA? You want to get in here? You want to work on Dusk? And, like, we wrote a email or something accepting this and whatnot, so that's pretty much how we all got in. And who's we all at this point? Uh, uh, 500, which is uh, Scott. Yeah. There's Cam, who's on Mutual. Myself. Uh, Zombie actually got in there before us. He was, when he first saw the first Dusk trailer, he was like, oh, 
with all these references, this is going to be shit. But then he ends up working, being the first person outside of David working on it. Is he still working on the Duskworld port, or is that... Uh, the SDK? No, 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 the... Uh, whatever it ends up being, like... I I was under the impression, and I think a few people here in my Discord were also under the impression, that Zombie was had been hired specifically to port Duskworld. Like, to make it into a full-on, you know, unique by-itself game. Like, to rebuild it. Oh, what he's been doing is actually been doing, like, the entire game. Like, oh, the okay. thing, it's like, he's making... I guess you could say uh, his its own engine. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know. I haven't really seen much of the specifics about it. I just know without this, there wouldn't be custom levels. There wouldn't be any of this fancy stuff that's coming out. So you go from mod, you know, Discord moderator to QA guy. Like, what is it yep. that you actually do as a QA guy? Because you hear that term a lot, and I don't think a lot of people really know what that entails and because it, it's kind of different in on different projects right for dusk um i was pretty much just uh play the game find things that are broken report them and you know rinse repeat get a new build run through it for like six eight hours post anything that's wrong repeat and we took it from there and when you're doing this like so do you have a process by which you you keep notes organized or whatever or is it just like hey man this shit's fucked up in this port you know this spot right here and screenshot it like what's that process like for you um we have uh, we use a thing called trello Mm -hmm. where we put up like cards and how to reproduce bugs and whatnot so like we'll post a video privately somewhere on youtube like unlisted put it on the trello they can go look into it and they're like okay so one of the things that was like I forgot, it was like 3 in the morning, someone said, I think it was David, was like, this needs fixed, and we're just like, wait, what needs fixed? Was that even proper English? (laughs) And it was actually, (laughs) so for like the longest time, we were just going, oh, this needs fixed, this needs fixed, it's like, oh, okay. I've heard a lot of people use it that way. That's not proper English, but definitely, especially down (laughs) south, people say that this needs fixed all the time, that's not not rare. (laughs) But... So, you know, you start off, it was just dusk at the time, right? Like, there wasn't a whole lot else going on. Uh, Spaceman was sort of in limbo. and uh, uh, Yes, Spaceman was brought in a little bit later. I'm trying to remember the best I can. Uh, it was, we were pulled in for dusk, and then Zag and Unfortunate Spaceman came, like, a few months later, I think, they signed the contract with Dave. Not quite sure. Everything like that's kind of a blur. <laughs> It was, yeah, at the time it was just dusk. I think Leon and Simon were also in there as well, but we didn't know what they were doing at the time. Like, a medieval was just this thing floating around. I think I can say that. Well, the game's fully out, so I think I can say that. Mm. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll send it by Dave before I publish it, just to make sure he's cool with everything. Yeah, because, sure, like, what happened was we were pulled in originally for dusk and spaceman came along and then Simon and Leon, they worked on rot. So Dave pulled them in and they just popped in the VC. He's like, Hey, yo, you want to see what we're working on? And like, what are you working on? He pulls up like the share, the share monitor screen on discord. You just see this, like this box with enemies in it. And like the champion standing above it with it's all like plain textured stuff. And they were like, Oh, this is really neat. And that ended up becoming a medieval. It's such a great fucking game, man. Like, it's, you know how, you know, you have, like, Eruption is, like, you know, a, a guitar solo. It's just Eddie Van Halen showing off how good he is at guitar. Or you have, like, Rap God where it's Eminem trying to pretend like he's still, you know, super relevant. But regardless, mm. showing off all his best rap skills in one song. And a Medieval was those guys just, this is how good we are at level design. Suck that. Yeah. I don't know. So basically, you just get paid to continually just play all these new video games that no one else has access to over and over again and find everything that's wrong with it. So if a bug makes it all the way to the finished product, do we blame you or? There have been a few bugs that we've run into that have been like, 
Yeah, this is here, but we don't know exactly what causes it. They're usually like mm-hmm. super rare. We've had a few like that, but now with what how everything's going, we have more people around. We've been finding out ways to they've been finding out ways to fix it. I I just kind of sit there and I play game and go shit's broke, dude. <laughs> Here's a report. Here's how to do it. Shit's broke. Yeah. It's really I don't know, that's such a weird way to make a make use of your time period. It's awesome. I mean, I'm kind of jealous. But it's from other friends I've had, like actually working like in big companies. Like I've had friends who worked at Ubisoft. I've had friends who worked for, uh, oh, what was it? They became Daybreak, uh, Sony Online Interactive or Sony uh, SOE. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. I had friends that work there and. When they're like, they saw me on Facebook switch, oh, quality assurance slash community moderator and New Blood Interactive. They're like, oh, how's that going? I was like, oh, it's pretty swell. I do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, that's a lot different than from what I was doing when I was classified as QA. So I'd say it's not as a traditional as a normal QA job elsewhere, but we're still nailing game after game after game. Well, that's what's so cool about your position is that, you know, a lot of people get QA jobs and they just, you know, 99% of the time just play hot garbage all day. And, and that's just like, it's like, it's work, but, and I'm not saying what you do isn't work, but you work for a really fucking cool company who exclusively makes really cool games. So you're really lucky in that regard. Yeah. I've had a few friends uh, play some games that, like you said, were hot garbage and they never (laughs) saw the light of day. And I'm, (laughs) I went to a, a bar with one of them before COVID struck, which COVID fucking sucks. And they're like, yeah, I played this like, oh, it was like some type of like a Streets of Rage clone. But for some reason, like the, the person who was working on it was like, no, this needs two players. You can't play this solo. So I don't care if you're testing it with a, another controller plugged in. You're doing this this way. This is what you're doing. And I'm like, hmm. I think you mentioned Sony SOE, like online, whatever the fuck it was called, online entertainment. Did did Stephen Kick and his wife work there at some point? Am I wrong? I, I don't know. Um, I guess that would be a Google thing. Stephen Kick SOE. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm mistaking uh, it for something else. Yeah, he did, actually. Uh, literally. My My memory is fucking insane sometimes. It's like in the short term, worthless, but stupid, trivial crap like that. It's like, wow, look at you, mother load. You fucking kick ass. Mm. He goes by Pripyat Beast, right? Yep. Artist Steven Kick right there. Um, I'm amazing. <laughs> so, so like the last time you and me actually had the conversation was, I guess we were both drunk at QuakeCon and we were smoking cigarettes out by, uh, you know, where the BYOC is, and then you have that little smoke pit that's under the bridge thing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, but we had, I don't know, I hit it off pretty good with you. I don't know if you even remember, because you'd uh, apparently drank like a whole bottle of vodka or something. You were you were an animal. And I, I knew uh, at that it moment. Was, um, <laughs> it wasn't vodka. It turned out to be Everclear. Even I, better. I, <laughs> I, I walked, the next day when I woke up, I walked back downstairs when we were taking everything apart. I ran into the person that gave me the bottle. I was like, you told me this was vodka. And they're like, oh, no, 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 it was Everclear. And I'm like, you told me this was vodka. I fucking almost died in the bathroom. What do you mean? <laughs> Man, you, I mean, you were a fucking animal, but I knew that, but like, this guy's fucking cool. And you were, I mean, you were trying to explain to me what it is that you do. You're like, yeah, I'm QA and all this stuff, but. The way you were putting it at the time made it sound like the most disorganized fucking job. And I know that the company has grown significantly since then and got, you know, better at things. But what, like, keeps you wanting to do it? Is, is it just like, well, I, I really enjoy the games or is it, uh, have you got nothing else? What, why is this so cool and important to you? The people around me mostly. Yeah. And like, we've got David, we've got Leon and, Simon, we got Akita, who's now doing Ultra Kill with us. We've got Dylan working Gloomwood, and like I, I get along with all of them swimmingly, and it's just it's it's really enjoyable to 
sit here and help them out with their games. But yeah, it's mostly just the people around us, and it's just, it's... If I said it was, like, maybe I was just explaining it super badly at QuakeCon, because, I, I, like, I, like you said, I... I polished off an entire bottle when I was sitting there smoking cigarettes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was probably out of my mind. I was probably just so gone. What was funny about it is that I, I thought you were David because you guys look so similar. <laughs> That's right. I did. And so I just sit down and start talking to you. I'm like, hey, what's up, David? And you're, you're like, I'm not David. I'm Steve, man. And I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's so fucking weird, like, the absolute monumental amount of awesome shit that you guys as a team have turned over and constantly just managed to hire more really cool people. Obviously, we got to attribute that to Dave for just being who he is and everything, but, I, like, the brand that's been built around New Blood at this point is synonymous with, like, quality, badassery, and memery. And you're, like, a... I know you fit into that whole perspective so well. So when you like the, when you're looking at this team, you know from then to now, um, like Hakida, right? Like everybody seems to have a different workflow from what I can tell. Like he's very, you know, on his own from from what he's told me in regards to development. And then you have a whole different kind of thing going on with Airdorf, as I understand it. Or is anyone else working on episode three for Faith other than him? Uh, for all I know, it's primarily just him, I believe. Yeah. Because that's like, like, Faith is his, that's his baby. That's his, mm -hmm. that's all him. So I'm not sure if he has someone else helping him behind the scenes. I don't really know. In fact, I don't even know if I can actually say that, because I personally don't know. It could be edited out. But, okay, yeah, but I think it's all, all him. That's weird. As I see, you know, the different projects come along, because the, the way that, you know, I'm I'm just learning all this stuff myself, you know, having done this podcast for a few years and talked to a bunch of people. That's how I learn everything. I, I didn't go to fucking school or get a foot in the door of the industry at all. But, you know, like a, like 3D Realms is another example where you, you have some projects that are kind of like in-house and you have other projects where it's like we're just going to supply funding to the maker of that project and then publish it later. And does that change your relationship with like playtesting the games is kind of what I'm trying to ask. Oh no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. We get the builds, we run through them, we will report what we find and the people, the main people who are working on it, they'll look at that. They'll do what they can. They'll fix shit up, get another build and just, yeah, nothing like that will affect anything. So what's the schedule like for you? Because it's, a, you know, people all over the globe doing work at all different times of the day. Whenever we get an at on Discord, <laughs> that, that's, that's literally it. We get an at if a build is up and we'll just go and go into it. It might be at like, fuck it, who knows, 1 p.m. It might be at 4 a.m. It might be, we're all over the world, so. And so does, do you have any other like commitments in life or do you just wake up and deal with it or just like whenever you do wake up deal with it how does that work what's the timeline for um, you i'm personally disabled um i worked like out in the real world outside of my room away from everything online for like let's say nine ten years so right now i'm just on ssdi and i'm doing the new blood stuff sort of like a hobby mm-hmm a really dedicated hobby, but you know, a hobby. Because once you're on SSDI, you can't really be getting paid that much. It's this whole thing that I have to deal with, like every now and then. They're like, "Oh, we need to review something, something, something." I'm like, "Okay, this is what I've been doing. This is what I got for New Blood." And they're like, "Okay, keep going." I'm like, "All right, that's fine." So yeah, before New Blood, I really had nothing. I just sat around, played games, shit posted on the internet. That's pretty much it. That really fucking, I don't know, that's a weird situation in general with, you know, the disability stuff because it's, it's as if, uh, so if you're going to, you know, receive money from, you know, social health care or whatever to take care of you, then you're not allowed, if you find some way to overcome your disability and make extra money, then they're going to penalize you for that. Like that's, uh, our, our government 
is from strange. what I've from what I've been told from my case manager, because I have a separate case manager to help me with all this. Mm-hmm. As long as I keep reporting what I'm reporting for, like getting from new blood, everything will be hunky dory. I I don't get in trouble. There was one time where they're like, "Hey, what the fuck is this?" and I was like, "Oh, that's just that's money. That's what it is." It was just uh, dumb stuff. Like it came around my birthday, and I got extra money from other sources, and they wanted to ask about that. And they were like, "What's this new blood thing?" And I was like, "That's the same thing I've been reporting for a year. It's it, y'all y'all know about this." I don't want to get all like conspiracy theory on you, but doesn't that seem like a, like the government making you you know or people in general who are disabled at all like they take you when you're you know when you need them and then they kind of keep you from ever becoming unimpoverished. You know, it's like you have to live on your, just what we give you and report to us on everything. That's a, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. You have to go through that. I'm used to it. Really. It's just another yeah. thing I have to do once a month. Were you injured or it's physical and mental? Okay. I understand. You're in the military. No. Okay. None of my business then. <laughs> but, I tried to be in the military though, but uh, everything started popping up. Like, yeah, it's just it's a lot of dumb shit. But, yeah, probably not something you want on your podcast. I don't care, dude. I'm I'm talking to Steve. It's you know people tune in for the games and they stay for the people. That's the way that's supposed to work. I mean, maybe I don't know. We come for the drinks, we stay for the bartender, the conversation. That's that's the way. It's- <laughs> Or you, you know, you go to the same barber for years, not because they're the best at cutting your hair, but because they, you know, you can pour all your fucking heart and soul into, into them while they True. cut your hair. They're like a, a cheap therapist. <laughs> I got, I'm paying you 20 bucks for an hour to cut my hair and listen to me, bitch. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. What are, what are the other you know, projects? So you've already mentioned, we talked about Dusk and Medieval a little bit. Like Ultra Kill came in uh, a year ago-ish, maybe not quite that long. If it was, it certainly doesn't feel like it. And when you, you know, you, you get a new game and you're like, you break into it. Because that game already had, you know, been semi-published in an early access form. You know, at least there was a demo and such. Have you, had you been aware of it before it came into New Blood? Yes, uh, Dave will sometimes talk to us about, hey, we got sent this, let's take a look at it, how do you guys feel about it? And he'll he'll gather our opinions, but in the end, it's 100% Dave's call, but he likes getting all of our opinions as well to help out with the decision making. And so how do you tackle it? Whatever build we get, like before they come into New Blood, we just play it and we give our opinions okay and then once like dave pushes the button they sign the contract or whatever they come on in and they're part of the new blood family and then it goes on from there oh god why am i yawning it's only oh it's 9 20 it's late dude you gotta go to sleep no i don't sleep i don't i don't i don't sleep till like i have royally messed up my sleeping pattern i i don't sleep till 6 a.m now these days I don't know. I, I work shift work, so I, I it's whenever the fuck I can close my eyes for a few seconds, and that's pretty much all I get. I used to be like that, but now it's just like, I have to actually wait for my brain to be like, okay, it's actually really time to go to sleep before I can even fall asleep. I, I Honestly, like, I just go until I shut down, like, until my body just, this, we're done, and then it's like a 14-hour hibernation period. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's so much shit I have to do today. And then I go right back into it and repeat that cycle. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, it's fucking shitty because I work a full-time job and then then doing this, you know, the keeps and everything has been, you know, over two, almost two, three years now, three years now, like slowly building this project up from the ground has become a second kind of full-time job for me as well. So, you know, like when you do, you know, game reviews or, you know, interview uh, people who work in the industry and all that kind of shit, like people assume like, man, you must spend a lot of time playing video games. Like, man, I fucking wish I want Steve's job. That's what I want to do. I mean, even with everything I do with like all of our QA stuff, 
I really haven't had a time to play any like new releases or whatever. Does it feel um, does it feel like a like work, you know? Or do you enjoy just, you know, getting to play through the same fucking levels over and over again on every different I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Cuz it, it it's some sort it has it's like this this feeling of like um try not to sound like a fucking dork, but Imagine finding like this bug, like it absolutely destroys your ears. It's just like really loudly, and then then the next build it's fixed. It's like ah, I helped. I did something today. Yeah, it's and, there's something about working on a team too, where it's like you know when you get the finished product, you know that all that hard work paid off. Yeah, hundred percent. So like, uh, what's the communication like within you and the, and the other guys? Like, so you find a bug and then, you know, obviously you upload it to your, your tool and everything, but do the other playtesters have to then recreate the same bug that you did to confirm it? Or do you guys all just kind of, you know, take on different things at a time? Like, do you get like, Hey, Steve's going to do ultra kill and, uh, you know, yeah, 500 is going to do, I don't know, uh, the, the latest, Build for fucking Dylan's game. God damn it! Why am I drawing Bloom a blank here? Yeah, <laughs> how embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so is it divided amongst you guys by person, or is it like everybody was tackling one thing at a time? It's pretty much whoever gets to it gets to it. Mm-hmm. I know Scott right now is like pretty much hammering out Dusk on Switch. Um, Fuck. Think, I don't think Cam's helping with that as well. That sucks. I mean, it's really cool to have Dusk on Switch, but like, I wouldn't want to have to do that. Are you a console gamer at all, or is it mostly PC for you? How do you do it? Mostly PC. I do have a Switch. I have like 20 consoles to my right. Yeah. Uh, I guess from this gen, well, within like, I guess last gen now, because in three days, the PS5's out, and then fucking, what was it, like 10 days, the next Xbox is out. But I have a PS4 Pro and a Switch over there. I enjoyed watching your you were like live tweeting yourself in line to the pre order of the PS5. (laughs) That looks like hell. There were people there since the night before. They got there at nine PM and they were camping there till that morning. And my friend who's the manager there was like, Yeah, if you get there around 6 or 7 a.m. We'll probably have a pre-order for you. And then he came out. He saw me. And he was like, oh, fuck. And then he announced, we only have seven consoles. And I was like, all right, I'm going on. Fuck it. So, like, I personally could I could give two shit. I would never wait in line like that for any console or pretty much anything, period. But maybe Garth Brooks tickets. But <laughs> the... uh the fact that people are willing to do that, you know, months ahead of time before they even, you know, know what the product is going to be like, I feel like they could just do it earlier. They could do it like a year in advance and then just sell an infinite amount of, you know, pre-orders and then base their production on that. And then also factor in like, you know, how much supplies they're going to have to buy and everything and then make a decision instead of having this situation where people are just like, dying in line and then not even getting what they came to get. Yeah. I wasn't originally going to do it, but I figured I live in a small town. I'll have a chance to get the pre-order in. Cause with pre-orders, I like GameStop. You put down like 50 bucks and then you could pay it off over the months. So by the time it's out, you're like, Oh, it's paid off. I can go pick it up. I'm not to worry about any extra money. I don't have to worry about that. Kind of like having like installments on a payment plan or whatnot. That's kind of what I was going to do for the PS5. Yeah. But I really wish, like, it's funny that you brought up the whole just doing unlimited pre-orders and sending them out when they, like, have the stock. Because I was talking to someone in front of me in line, like, why don't they just do this? Like, the world is a fuck right now. I don't think I, if, as long as I, like, secured a console, like, it's paid off. It'll be shipped to me when it's ready. I'd be happy. But, yeah, it's kind of just ridiculous how pre-orders work these days for, like, physical hardware. Yeah, it just sucks for anyone, really, who has... 
I mean, on one hand, I just think you guys are all stupid for waiting in line to get the new comic. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, it, if I were doing business that way, I, I, you got to consider that, you know, they only have a limited number of, you know, people, factories, supplies, and all that kind of shit. So they could just, mm. I'm assuming what they're doing right now is they're, Factoring up, all right, we're going to produce this many, we're going to pre-sell them, we're going to see how the pre-sell goes, and then we'll, you know, figure out production after that. But if they just moved that back in some time and said, like, okay, you paid for it, you're first in line, and then ship it to you when it's done, then that would be no problem. Like, most people wouldn't even matter. So it's just like, I, I pre-ordered it a year in advance, and, you know, I'm number blah, blah, blah in line to receive my PS, whatever, you know, 62 or by the time this ever gets put into place. Yeah. And then, you know, based on your order in line, that's when you get it. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm sure that Amaz- they probably know how to do it better than I do. Amazon does that for when they know they're getting shipments in. Mm-hmm. Like, if a, if an item is already out, but it goes, like, out of stock, like, temporarily out of stock, but they know they have more shipments coming in, you can order it, and you'll be put in a line, and you'll get it when... Like, say they know they're getting three shipments in, mm-hmm. but you didn't make it in time for the first shipment. You'll be in the second shipment, and that's when you'll get it. But, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're not going to solve all the world's problems. Especially not these really important world's problems, like how to get your console on time. <laughs> the real the real problem is just having to stand in line and be miserable for no results. Hmm. What, you know, like, what made you into this gamer person to begin with? Maybe just, like, playing games in general from a, like, like, what got me into video games or just the game development part? No, no, no. Like, you, when did little Steve become a gamer? Tetris on the Nest when I was, like, four years old. Okay. (laughs) That literally the first game I played was Tetris. And then we had uh, the Dunk Hunt and S- Dunk Hunt. <laughs> you should make a game called Dunk Hunt, where it's like uh, throwing basketballs at ducks. Yeah, we had the the Dunk Hunt slash Super Mario Kart, the, and that got me hooked. I'd like play that every damn day. I loved it. I I still have it, like the NES over in the corner of my room right now. And every now, I don't ever really play the NES, but every now and again, I pick up the Duck Hunt gun. And I, the satisfying little ding you get when you hit it. Mm. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna grab it and see if I can record this sound. Oh fuck! It's really in there, Steve. Hold on. <laughs> Dumpster diamond. We'll be right back. There's a lot of cables in that closet, but there it is. That is the most satisfying noise on planet Earth. That's ASMR. <laughs> Damn right it is. I'll never, you know, I'll be 70 years old in a retirement home, and I won't remember my children's names, but I'll remember that sound and everything from SpongeBob. Mm. So oh. the. You get into it from there, you know, like a, a lot of kids pretty much picked up gaming from specifically those two games, like Tetris and Mario Duck Hunt, you know, the early NES stuff. It's when home consoles really became kind of accessible and popular. But, you know, were you immediately like, this is my passion, this is what I'm going to do with my life? Or did you have a whole journey where you had to figure that out? Uh, I think it was when I got my first computer where I was like, okay, this is probably going to be what my future is revolving around is a computer. Uh, my <laughs> first stepfather, he ended up putting together like from like parts he found from here and there. He ended up putting together like a win. I don't remember if it was 95 or 98 SE at the time. I think it was 98 SE. 
I just remember the beige tower. And it wasn't one of the ones that stood up. It was on the side. So <laughs> I had the monitor on top of it, which was also beige and all match. And uh, the cheap desk riser. Yeah. And that was when, uh, like, the games I used to play a lot back then really got me hooked. Sadly, my first first-person shooter would have been Corridor 7, but, mmm. <laughs> Couldn't play Doom, but I could play Corridor 7. That's, there's just gotta be a whole, you know, bunch of people out there who couldn't play Doom, but played some really crappy Doom clone, you know, on, like, what was that one that was on the Mac? Like, way back, Apple II. Let's see, I'm gonna look up a list of Doom clones. And see if I can remember the name of it. But, you know, any of these games. And then later on, realize what they were missing out on. Because what, what yeah, year was this for you? For me, Early 90s, mid 90s? I would say about probably 97, 98. It had to be around 98, 99, actually, now that I think about it. Because I had 98 SE on the PC. I was three years old. Something like that. I was seven, eight, nine. I don't know. He doesn't know how old he is or when he was born. (laughs) (laughs) What his real name is anymore. Marathon. That's what I'm thinking of. Which isn't a shitty game. game. That's a good game. The Bungie game. Yeah, it was Bungie. You're right. I feel like somebody said they were remaking that, but... Yeah, that people, you know, had different systems. It was a really weird time, you know, as opposed to now where everything's just kind of cross-platform and fairly accessible for especially PC games. But, you know, at that time, you'd have a different port for a Commodore 64 and Apple II and blah, 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 and all the way up the line until, you know, really id Software, I guess, started to just decide that, like, the PC is the future. We're focusing on the PC I think that was Carmack's idea, which, you know, he's still probably working on some sort of crazy visionary computer shit that none of us will understand until it's the norm. Yeah, what was that latest tweet he did? Like, something Windows Movie Make? It was something crazy. I remember... Hold on, let's see. Carmack. It was something, like, stupid about Windows Movie Maker. Let's see. Carmack. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Windows Media Player messes up the time remaining and has slowdown issues with a video that is 24 hours long or more. And he was like just tweeting about encoding stuff and playing it through Windows Media Player. He's weird. I mean, cool but weird. He he never tweets anything like, "Hey, had a great day with my kids and my wife today," or like, you know, "Oh, I love this hamburger." It's always just like some esoteric sounding philosophical crap about computer science. That I have no idea what the fuck he means, but I'm glad he exists. Yeah, same here. <laughs> like a <laughs> brain in a vat. Two hundred years from now, John Carmack will still be tweeting like he's from like a brain in a vat, like you just said. <laughs> yeah, did you know about Doom? But you decide. Yeah, he'll be like two hundred year old brain in a vat, literally, <laughs> like Futurama. <laughs> But then you, uh, so you decide at this point, you know, you get your PC and you start playing games and you're like, I know I want to do something with computers. Did you know you wanted to make games or did you know that you just wanted to work in computer industry of some kind? Um, it's kind of a tough question. Well, cause my life has went left, right, left, right, up, down, like so many times, like things have changed. Like, at the time when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I I do want to get into, like, working on games and stuff like that. Like, my stepfather at the time bought me, like, this really weird, like, game creator software or whatever. And I made, like, a Galaga clone with it. That was pretty much as far as that went in that portion of my life. And then, like, in high school, I was in game design for, like, two years which really didn't go anywhere. Both years, we just made Pong clones, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, we're making a Pong clone again? Okay. All right, I'm done. I'm going to play Halo now. Bye. So you, when you graduated high school, did you immediately start, you know, trying to tackle that, or what What was your plan at that point? I ended up having to drop out of high school due to uh, various reasons, so I never 
never really had the chance. Like the moment I dropped out, I got a job a week later and I started working at like a local grocery store. And that was what my life was at that yeah. time. Games and all that kind of took a backseat. Like I was just buying the yearly COD. I wasn't really playing much of anything else. Like sometimes I boot up the original Xbox and play Morrowind. But at the time I wasn't really doing much in gaming. Like all this game development stuff was in the back of my mind. Yeah. And then all this new blood stuff started happening a few years back. And I was like, whoa, hey, what the? Oh, okay. This is, this is cool. This is happening now. It's the brass ring at the end of the, you know, long tunnel of hardship. <sighs> yeah. Get that. Gotta get that brass ring. At least it's a good, ra- you know, a lot of brass rings are just bullshit. You get up there and it's not even really brass. It's just like tin and it breaks in your hand, but. Yeah, like Vince McMahon's. I mean, huh? <laughs> Are you a big wrestling fan? Oh, hell yeah. Me fucking too, bro. I used to, uh, I can't believe I didn't bring this up with Dave when he was on the show, but I was a very low level, like semi pro, uh, in the Southeast when I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old in that area. And it was like, all I cared about in life was wrestling. There was nothing else to me. This was like the kind of CM Punk era too. So when wrestling was like kind of cool, like when WWE had like a brief moment of being cool again, but then it like went away. Like the, the pipe bomb and all that stuff. Money yeah, in the right. bank where he beat Cena. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, uh, you into AEW at all? Uh, yeah. I, I like haven't it. been able to really... I haven't been able to really catch shows lately. Like, I, I watched Full Gear, but I was also, like, half asleep watching it, so I don't yeah. really remember much. <laughs> I am gonna. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to, sometime later this week, get a group together in Discord and watch it, but I don't know. I, I fucking hate WWE at this point. Like, I can't even watch it. It's, I don't know. It's gone too far away from, you know, what I actually think the art of wrestling is supposed to be about, but... I mean, I get it for like casual fans, but for me, like I see the the workers, I see what they put into it, and I see them not get where they want to be, and it really irritates me because I know it's just corporate bullshit in their way. AEW has been way cooler to me. Plus, there's blood and guts and like actual you know, <laughs> like 90s, 90s style like good wrestling going on. Yeah, I've been watching um more New Japan recently. Oh, Just because I, I I turn out to be awake at that time at like three four in the morning when their shows are on, so I'm like, all right, I'll watch Road to, I think it was Power Struggle that was recently. Yeah, caught a few of those shows. I don't remember shit about them, but I caught them. My like, one of my big dreams in life is I want to go to Wrestle Kingdom and actually see it in person, because it's ew, fucking like six hour long event usually. Like way bigger than WrestleMania in terms of just like the pageantry and stuff. They are two days now, so yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fif- Wrestle Kingdom fifteen is going to be January fourth and January fifth. Well, and I'm you can buy your it. tickets now at New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not going to make it. <laughs> One day I will go. I never like you know I never thought we would see Kenny Omega on American television. I that's the other cool thing that's been going on you know maybe maybe five ten years ago you know ring of honor had had its time and all these guys that we're starting to see on tv now like you know uh sammy uh zane who was formerly um el generico like kevin steen who's now kevin owens i don't even know Wait, if he's, still he's el generico sammy zane is el generico yeah i thought el generico died <laughs> protecting orphans <laughs> what, what are you telling me i'm sorry uh you're right um he's a spiritual success he's like a phoenix risen from the ashes that were formerly El generico <laughs> you know all, all those guys and it, i never ever thought kenny omega would be on american television and then that's what i really loved about AEW. is like all the people that i always wanted to see are finally showing up like fucking a dude i mean jericho is kind of you know he's top tier of the company john moxley i remember before uh he came to wwe like young john moxley was like st- he had these insane matches that you could only find on like weird websites but he's like 
stapling his tongue to the ring and crap, like going absolute crazy death matches with like a uh, Necro Butcher and all those guys. Yeah, and then uh, CZW baby, fucking uh, I think I think Punk at some point tweeted like a, just a picture of John Moxley and said our secret weapon. And that was like the first time that, you know, uh, me and my friends group anyway knew that, oh, he's coming to WWE. And we were like, he's going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin for sure. Like we, we, and then he shows up with the shield and it was all, you know, history wrote itself from that point. Garbage. But I mean, not that the shield wasn't cool, but like just he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. And now he is. That's he's literally like, you know, the champion kicking ass right now. And I love that. Yeah, I was lucky to uh, catch a bunch of his stuff in a CZW before he went to WWE, and yeah, he it's crazy. He was he's also a- there with uh oh, what's his name? He's uh the leader of the Dark Order right now. Oh yeah, Brody Lee. Yeah, he was also in CZW with him for a time being. He's another guy that like uh, you know we I knew him on the indie scene I knew he was gonna be fucking epic and then he shows up with the Wyatt family which is cool I liked the original iteration of the Wyatt family but just didn't get anything out of it personally for him like it, he's such a capable and talented guy that just there was no place for him in the WWE really other than to be a like big burly henchman. Mm. Yeah, I think the problem with WWE these days is it's just they try to coax all these people in with big contracts and whatnot, and then people they just got, like, say, oh, we have Cesaro. Cesaro was underused for I don't know how fucking long. He was just floundering while WWE keeps hiring more and more people, and you got this really talented guy here. You're not doing anything with him. Luckily, now he is doing something, but uh, he just doesn't know how to handle their people sometimes. I mean, they're a corporation and within, you know, the bigger any system gets, the more complex it is, the more prone you are to, you know, um, it's like Newton's second law of dynamics. The more complex a machine is, the more friction it will have and the less efficient it will be. So, you know, you guys at New Blood, you got a nice, you know, relatively small team, you know, all cohesive. Everybody works well together. Lots of oil and, you know, what I don't know what kind of oil it is. Maybe it's motor oil. Maybe it's sexual oil. Um, but you guys are all smooth working together in a small, cohesive team. And that's cool. Like, that that's the sweet spot where it really works. If you guys had, you know, 600 employees trying to work, you know, constantly on one game that's going to be, like, the biggest, most complex game ever made, there will inevitably be, be uh, you know, issues getting the product out. So that's why, you know, like a triple A game, there are some good ones, don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, we've gotten to a point now where every single thing is like delay, 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 bugs, 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 you know, you end up with these Star Wars Battlefront type situations and, or Cyberpunk, like when the fuck is that going to come out? I love CD Projekt Red, man, but when is that game going to come out? Probably in 2079 or whenever. (laughs) I think the most recent example I can think of is Watch Dogs Legion. Mm. That came out, and it it just runs like a wet fart in the wind. It's just bad. I mean, like, Dusk was, you know, essentially the, the dream and creative vision of David Szymanski, right? And, you know, obviously you guys all had a hand in how it ultimately ended up being, but... There, there's a very little chance for it to be corrupted on its way to being what it finally is. Whereas, you know, the more people working on it, the more different ideas, you know, if you, uh, you have a big project and you're like, all right, you guys are the graphics guys and you guys are the, you know, 60 person programming team and you guys are going to handle PR and marketing. Like if any one of those teams or any, you know, group of people in those subgroups fucks up anything, it could ruin the whole project. And then you have to, interview or go through 60 different people's work to figure out what went wrong. And then there's hirings and firings and, you know, people have babies or get injured or whatever the fuck on the way. There's just so many things can go wrong when you have a bigger team. Yeah. I really like our size right now. Everything's coordinated and we can keep track with what everyone is doing, especially with all the Trello stuff we have and whatnot. 
you guys all seem like a very happy bunch, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to tackle or say? I, I don't know. Like I said, this is my uh, first time being interviewed for anything. I never expected to ever be interviewed for anything. That's all good, man. The moment I met you, I knew I wanted you to be on the show, and I, I thought you were fucking cool, and you had... I don't know. You're in an interesting place in the industry that doesn't get talked about a lot. Right. So like I, I spent a lot of time, you know, like game developers and I try to do, you know, I want to do everything. I want to bring the full spectrum idea of what does it take to make these things that we love. And, you know, sometimes that's a a play tester. Sometimes it's a musician, a sound effects guy, a marketer. Uh, There's more moving parts than just, you know, the guy with the, you know, the idea for what the game is going to be. CEOs of companies. It's been weird. It's been like, I I said earlier in this conversation how I didn't really understand what all it entailed, and I still don't, but I'm starting to get a fuller picture, and that's what I kind of want to share with people who are an audience of the show. And you're part of that. Yeah, I guess I would say New Blood's really not all that traditional when it comes to a game company because we're just a ragtag bunch of people that got pulled in from being a mod team and now here we are working on some of the I guess looking at Steam reviews best games that have come out in a while like FPS's at least like I believe Dusk is still like super high up there like top 10 or top more than just FPSs now, too. I mean, mostly, but I think Faith will be, you know, a test to see if, if that works out for you guys. And honestly, what he's doing in the grand scheme of things seems to have a, not just, you know, like the 8-bit stuff, but horror games in general that aren't necessarily FPSs seems to have a bigger market than just strictly like boomer shooters or anything like that. Yeah, I think uh, that game's going to do really well, though. It, like, even before it joined New Blood, it had a big following. Like, because of it, uh, Vinny from Vine Sauce actually came up to the booth at PAX East this year. It's actually really hard to believe that was this year with everything that's been going on, but. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he was like his Airdorf here. But yeah, I, I think Faith is going to do really well. It's such a cool fuck. I mean, I've only played the first two episodes, and I'm not going to ask you about the third one. But, like, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, one of my good friends, Vince Steele, he's a, he does a lot of YouTube reviews and stuff for exactly this kind of stuff, like boomer shooters and the whole sh- shebang. But I've never seen him get more, like, excited about doing a review than to do Faith. Hmm. Because it's... There's something about it being so stripped down and basic, you know, in, in its design that makes the horror element stand out so much more. Um, one of the things I told Airdorf is that, you know, the it, kind of a mechanic that he sort of copied from a lot of the games at that time, you know, in the you know late 80s, early 90s, is the infinite scrolling where you, you get lost, but you're actually not lost. You just need to change direction and how fucking horrific that is to the human mind. <laughs> and the symbolism too, like a, I think Vince was like obsessed with like why is this deer here like the the stag that you run into in the first episode and I don't know it's the, I think the point is you're not supposed to know you're just supposed to question it and because you can't figure out the answer to the puzzle that's what creates a horrific situation yeah Airdorf's really good at that shit <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give him props for that I still gotta play more of it like we did our I played through it a few times looking for like stuff that was broken and whatnot but i haven't really found much i so one day i really just gotta sit back maybe after 1.0 maybe after when it's all done i can just sit back and play through it myself because i'm also a big fan of like horror games mm-hmm. so yeah it's kind of hard after like uaing all these games for a while like when i try to play dusk i just i just think about all the like the bugs and stuff I ran into and just running through the levels so many times that I enjoy it, but there's just something in the back of my mind. I'm like, I've done this so many times. I'm having fun, but I've done this so many times. That's but true. that's the, 
that's how it works in QA. That's what you got to do. You got to play through this repeatedly. You got to try and find more and more things that probably need fixed or changed. Yeah, like, do you, I mean, you mentioned earlier that you feel like you don't have, like, time to really play any other releases and stuff. Does, it, does that diminish the fun of playing games to you, is that you do it for work? Oh, no, not at all. It's just it takes me a lot longer to to uh, get to them. Like, um, I know Terminator Resistance, that came out in, like, what, 2019? Mm-hmm. Like, last year? Yeah, it came out in November of 2019. I've, I'm just getting to it now, and it's turning out to be one of my favorite games. I haven't even been able to touch the, uh, I haven't even been able to touch Eternals DLC. I have it. I haven't been able to touch it. There's like quite a few games in my backlog that came out while we're working on these other games that I haven't been able to touch. Yeah, I haven't actually gotten a chance to play the DLC either, but I've seen, uh, you know, different people streaming it. I I just love that Andrew Holschultz doing the soundtrack. That's the coolest part to me. Yeah, our boys growing up. He is, man. He's like, he's really spreading his wings. I, it, it's so cool how, you know, we did Realms Deep and everything, and like all of the little companies here, you know, us and you guys and New Blood, Night Dive, are all getting along, you know, because it, all, there's so many people that would see that as like competition, but it's like, no, like we all stand to grow together, and I love that mindset. I think that's actually beneficial to everyone and not just this, you know, cutthroat sort of thing is one of the greatest gifts. That, I mean, to me, that's the best because essentially my whole career hinges on y'all's success. Well, we're succeeding pretty well and we've got yeah. other games down the pipeline like Loomwood and Faith and, others. and <laughs> Fallen Aces. That's, oh shit, I have not talked about Fallen Aces the entire time. Yeah, I was gonna I say am, like you I am such a bad I am a bad person. No, dude, Fallen What's... Aces is interesting, man. because uh, it was originally called Fallen Angels. Uh Dave sent me like just the little you know, that little promo video with the cards falling. And I was like, Oh, dude, what the you know, I didn't even I knew about Fallen Angels and I didn't realize that what he was telling me was that, that y'all were picking up that game. I I I didn't really find out to like because there was a few, because uh, of course every company has meetings. Um, I had to miss like a month or two of them because I had to take care of my grandfather after he got his knee surgery. So like anytime the meeting was on, that was when I was taking care of my grandfather. So I couldn't be in them. And then one time I came back and Trey and them were in the Discord. I was like, oh shit, really? Fuck, yeah. I've been following this for I don't know how long. Yeah, I need to get, uh, first of all, I need to get Dylan back on the show, even though I forgot the name of his game earlier in this conversation. But, uh, Gloom World. Gloom World. Uh, <laughs> dusk Gloom. Uh, <laughs> Amid Gleevil. I don't know. Uh, ultra, Thief ultra, with Guns. Ultra Gloom. What was it? Ultra Wood. Yeah, Ultra Wood. <laughs> that would... That, that should not be a thing. I'm pretty sure we're all going to be <laughs> damned to hell for that. I mean... But yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk a, to Trey too. There's a bunch of uh, stuff about Ultra Kill out there that I, I feel like some of the people need Jesus, but let's not get into that. Hakita is one of the most interesting fucking human beings to talk to because he's he's like very cerebral. He's very much on his own path. So like every conversation I have with him is always like uh, starts out about games and then we end up talking about some weird fucking you know classical music that only him and Dave Szymanski and then me after that conversation know about. <laughs> oh yeah, he does the he does the same thing with all of us. It's pretty great. Yeah, I I didn't even know like uh, when I first had him on the show, I didn't even realize he was in talks with you guys. Obviously, he couldn't tell me. And then when I saw it get picked up, I was just I was unbelievably excited. Like, man, this is amazing. He like if anybody deserves a break, that's what's so cool about you know one of the many things that's really cool about New Blood is that I get to kind of watch all of my favorite game developers get a job. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, like 3D Realms has been really cool about that too, but, um, or even Kaiser with New Blood, like watching those guys flourish. I'm just happy. When I talk about New Blood, I feel happiness in my bones. I've had a little too much beer. Go ahead. With Night Dive? Hi. New Blood? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you said Kaiser with New Blood. I was like, oh shit, really? No, that would be crazy. 
My really? bad. No. <laughs> Swinging down this beer a little too fast, apparently. But no, like uh, when when you know he started working with Night Dive and everything, like that's such a fucking to see that guy that who's gone from just you know uh, Doom mods and shit like that, and then flourish into this amazing developer for you know they're keeping you know they're essentially like keeping the history of games alive that's so cool but we're like uh we're over an hour now man so i'm not going to keep you talking any longer than you want to yeah it's been fun um sorry that i pretty much suck at this i probably should have had a drink or two i would have been a lot better if you want to come back anytime and you know have a drink or whatever you want to do it doesn't matter i've had fun i thought this was really enlightening because again i don't really understand the full process of what playtasters go through and what they do and your story specifically with it being you know like not your main source of income but just something you do out of passion is i hope that other people are inspired by that it would uh make me happy if that's if one person in the world gets expired. It expired? Yes. <laughs> I hope you die. I hope you fucking <laughs> No, dude, you're you're welcome back literally anytime you want. Or if you like I said, I'll send you this interview and if you fucking hate it, then we can just redo it or not do it at all. It's totally up to you. And Dave. It's also yeah. up to Dave. But <laughs> Yeah, probably gonna have to run it through by Dave a few things I've said. I think it's all good. I didn't say anything that seems to be out of the ordinary than what we've been saying on Twitter and whatnot, so and what we've said on the uh public Discord. So I think pretty much it'll be all good. Unless I get an angry like Discord message like, Steve, why the fuck you say that? Ah, no. no, we're cool. I not I think I've proven at this point that like anything that he doesn't want said isn't gonna get past me. So. Alright. Big, big thank you to Steve for finally uh, finding some time to come on the show. It was awesome. Love to have him back sometime. Thank you to Dave Oshry for kind of helping to set this thing up and give us the parameters so that we didn't spoil anything. And to everyone at New Blood Interactive, you guys have all been so kind to this show. I've had numerous guests from that company on the show, and I can completely intend to continue doing that. It's such an amazing thing to get to you know get that little bit of insight into what i think is one of the more exciting things going on in the world of retro shooters and just you know awesome games period like i know that the vast majority of their games have been first person shooters but even like with faith and the gloomwood can kind of bringing in that msim element so cool so uh, make sure you go over to their Steam page or GOG or wherever the fuck you buy games and buy all of them because they're all amazing. And I also want to say thank you, as always, to our lovely Patreon supporters. Paul, Moose, Dots, Zach, Alexander, Brad, Red Eyes Green Dragon, Anthony, Robert, Jack, Brandy, Frederick, Lord Revan. As always, it is humbling to me and everyone here at the keep that you see the products that we turn out as something that's worth supporting with your hard-earned dollar and i can't thank you enough but hit me up though i got some steam keys y'all might be interested in like y'all you get in the if you're a patreon supporter you get into the the private discord group and i drop episodes early and all that stuff so if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like how can i support that's one way you can also head over to inthekeep.com and find several different ways on our support tab you can also just grab some merch from our merch store and I will say that we are making some changes here pretty damn soon, so you might consider buying that merch now because it won't it will be like one of a kind of collector's item here pretty soon, I'm thinking. No no general timeline on that, but just you know, keep your eyes peeled. Also, gotta say, you can support by checking out our affiliate links we have a few of them that i think you might like first of all the easiest one is amazon if you're shopping on amazon it's the holidays right now the catholics people are ordering some shit off amazon i know you are don't lie and if you do consider using our link and a small percentage of the stuff that you buy that money won't all just go straight to jeff bezos's big fat wallet it'll come to the drown god and you will have fulfilled your part and sacrificing to Cathala. How amazing is that? You can also 
If you're considering uh, doing your own podcast, perhaps, hit up our Buzzsprout link. You can sign up through there and get yourself a sweet distribution account. It is very reasonably priced. I use it for this podcast. They're not a sponsor. I just found a way to like be an affiliate and win-win off of us using that service. So consider doing so. If you want your stuff to show up on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, all that stuff really easily and have the best customer service, I think, in the business, I definitely recommend Buzzsprout. Lastly, we have an affiliate link for Instacart. So if you are a lazy bum who can't get out there and buy groceries or right now this time of year man people are busting up the grocery stores in in the pandemic situation i don't blame you if you want to stay home you can get groceries delivered to your front door in as little as an hour with instacart so there you have it shout out to all of our uh, sister communities if you're a doom player hit up the multiplayer doom federation hit up the u.s quake and doom community hit up the u.s quake world community Hit up Rocket Jump Zone. Hit up uh, QuakeFans.net. I could go on forever. Watch uh, Red Eyes Green Dragon on YouTube and prepare to die laughing. But until next time, guys, I love you. The Drowned God Kathala loves you. Stay in the keep.